My name is John Rally. I get to help leading worship this morning. It's an honor to welcome you for this time that we have uh, just to set apart an hour and refocus our lives and hearts on God. We have a simple liturgy here. It's just three words. It's come Holy Spirit. So if you have the capacity, would you stand with me this morning? Thanks for those of you who are joining us online this morning. Your continued faithfulness to do that. Thanks to our media team for providing all that. There's a lot that's going on back there. So, uh, God, as our mission here is to welcome you into all of life. We welcome Jesus into all of life. Just the simple three words that we have this morning are, come Holy Spirit. We say, come Holy Spirit, and it's, uh, it's just an invitation as we open the door of our hearts, as we open the door of the church, to you, for you to move, God. God, this is the best thing that we could ever do is to welcome you into all of life. So lead us this morning, we ask in Jesus' name.
Till from heaven you came on, there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in stone was moved for good for the lamb had conquered death and the dead rose from their tombs and the angels sang in awe for the souls of all who'd come to the father are restored and the church of christ was born then the spirit lit the flame now this gospel truth alone shall shall not faint by his blood and in his name in his freedom i am free for the love of jesus christ who has resurrected me praise the father
he loved us first. Let's take this time of the bridge to express our love for him, even in the simplest of words. took his place at the table and the apostles with him. He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. The servers, if you'd like to come on in and uh, get in your place, that would be good. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. 
Then he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So we renew our relationship with Jesus this morning in taking the communion. If you need physical healing, ask for it as you come. If you need to give your life to Jesus, do so as you come. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, ask for that as you come. We're going to make two lines coming to each side here. The service will bless you as you come. And you will either take the gluten-free wafer and dip it in the juice, or you will take the already prepared communion if you wish. If you take the already prepared, if you would take it back with you to your seat. God bless you as you come to the feast of the Lord. By his stripes we are healed. By his nail-pierced hands we're free. By his blood we're washed clean. Now we have the victory. The power of sin is broken. Jesus overcame it all. He has won our freedom. Jesus has won it all. So at your table, God, in your mercy and excitement for what you have for us, we say this prayer that you taught your disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's just wait for just a moment. Bruce, I know you're going to come up and, and give some announcements. Come on up and, and let's just wait see what God's up to. Lord, we just welcome you again. We just wait. We thank you for silence. Thank you for how the way you speak, no matter what's going on. Come, Lord Jesus.
Lord, we're, we're reminded you're here with us. Thank you for being here with us. Thanks for meeting us here. Yeah, for those of you who want to clap, go ahead and clap. Thank you for being here with us, God. Thank you for being here with us, God. Thank you, Lord. Bruce, come continue to lead us. Okay. Um, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So um, if you are the first time, uh, so my name is Bruce, and then, yeah, just, uh, just for the heads up, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, if you're the first time uh, coming to this church, so we're just honored to have you with us and just, uh, just uh, yeah, just be with us. And um, we have some gift for you. Uh, this is called a mana bag. So it's a bag with some essentials, and then you can grab one uh, from the table. And as you're driving, and then it's, it's like acting as a way of we serve back to the community. And um, let's say you, you drive, yeah, I can put it in the car and then give it to someone that need on the street. Um, also, if you, uh, we have the sign-up uh, form that if, if you feel comfortable to uh, put as, mu like, as much comfortable information as you want to, and if you give us an email, we can give you the newsletter, and we'll give you all the updates like, weekly on, of um, church uh, events. Um, and going on to the events, uh, we do have two very exciting uh, serving events. Uh, one is happening uh, right after church today. It's going to be at Fiesta building. Um, it's, uh, if you, for those who don't know, it's like right um, down the street. I'm pretty sure we have some uh, address um, maybe on the table there. Um, so this is going to happen after, right after church. What we're going to do is so we'll, we'll make some sandwiches, and then we put in a bag, and then we'll serve uh, right after we make them. So it's going to be sandwiches and then um, some drinks, so some essentials for the lunch pack. Um, happening right after church. Again, right, happening right after church today. Also, another opportunity is happening on Friday, 25th, um, and this is going to be on 9 to 12 um, in the morning, and uh, we'll be meet at the YMCA, the, the tri-point that we used to meet at Alpha. So that's, uh, we're going to serve as a food bank, and we'll serve um, food there. If you want to um, come over and, and help, help it out, just uh, come to the parking lot, and then um, or contact Arlita if you want to, um, yeah, talk to her about all details. Um, one more thing is Women's Brunch. So this is happening on the Saturday, 26th. And it's happening on Lucy's um, house on 10 a.m. in the morning. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, we have a lot coming up. And then um, um, next we'll just move on to the uh, giving. So if you feel like you want to give or just want to be part of what we're doing, uh, you want to financially support us. Uh, there are ways to do that. One way is to go to the givens.missionmere.org, I believe. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, just uh, feel like whatever Lord's call you and then to support us, we're just really thankful for all the resources that we have. And I'm just going to pray really quick. So, God, just uh, um, we're thankful for all the resources that you give us, Lord, and um and just all the teaching, all the love that you give us, Lord, I pray that uh, you give us wisdom to know how to best use all the resources we have to serve back the community and just to bring glory to you, God. And I pray for uh, today's sermon, Lord, just open our hearts to receive um, what uh, you prepare for us today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
places where even in our earliest development, God, we, don't, we felt it before we knew it, that we were broken or that we weren't enough. It, today, God, today, let that be broken off of us in the name of Jesus. That not enoughness broken off in Jesus' name so that we could feel instead your presence and your joy and the work of your spirit in our life, that you would restore our identity full in Jesus' name. So there's a story in Luke chapter 19, I'm going to read it here, about a man named Zacchaeus, and we'll break off in the middle of the story here and there, but let me get a drink of water first. Jesus entered Jericho, made his way through the town, and he's pretty popular at this point. There was a man there named Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. So let me just explain what's going on here. Historically, uh, there's Jews and there's Romans in Jericho, and the Jews are in charge of collecting taxes from the Jews. And they become very rich because they work very hard to get the money for the Romans. They feel the pressure from above and they feel the pressure from below. Their fellow Jews hate them. And the Romans also hate them, see them as dogs. And so in between, they're forced into this place of real nasty oppression. And so they kind of lose their identity. So most tax collectors of the time were known for cheating. They were the enemies of just about everyone. And so you can see the chief tax collector, he got really good at cheating, didn't he? Reported well to the Romans and also to the Jews. And here he is, very rich. Even so, as Jesus is going through the town, he breaks off and he tried to get a look at Jesus but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass by that way. So if you can imagine, the crowd is crazier than Fiesta. You remember Fiesta? That was two years ago, too. <laughs> There's no stands for short people to see the parade. Jesus is coming through. Zacchaeus knows, maybe I can get a look at him. Who is this popular guy? You can imagine just like how stuck Zacchaeus feels. I don't know if you've ever felt that way where like financially you're stuck. Um, everyone around you thinks that you're a jerk because of your past behavior. Uh, even so, the life that you've stepped into is still really oppressive. Nobody likes you. Even though you're super rich, you're still hungering for something so much that as a super rich guy, you can imagine like today's uh, day, you might see this like, if you have a Mercedes SUV, this, it's just become the social thing. It doesn't mean that you're horrible, you're awesome, don't worry about it. But you can imagine this, you know, $300,000 Mercedes SUV pulling up to a place and this guy gets out and he can't get through. And so he climbs a tree with like an Armani suit on. I love Armani suits, by the way. This is not condemnation. I, I don't own one, but they're great. In any case, you can see this tension of like, why doesn't this guy think he's got enough? He should have everything. He should be content. And yet still in him, there's this ache of not enough. Completely isolated. And that's what shame does, doesn't it? And so he works hard enough to climb a fig tree. And when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus. Could you just pause for a moment? Has Jesus ever looked at you? I mean, no, this is a weird question. Like, uh, he's not here, John. No, but there's a moment in our lives. Have you ever allowed in your prayer time, in your mind's eye, in your relationship with Jesus, do you have the kind of faith that can go to a place where you let Jesus see you? Because that's real, and it happens today. And this is what's happening with Zacchaeus. Jesus sees him. 
It's the most powerful thing that I think I've ever experienced. When Jesus sees you, one of the best examples of that, I don't know if you've read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, or if you've seen the movie The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, these kids get into trouble, especially this guy named Edmund. And he sins big time. He betrays the king. He betrays Aslan. And so after he's rescued from the grips of the enemy, he comes next to Aslan, and Aslan takes him aside and sees him. And in that seeing restores him. Not that the brokenness, not that the sin didn't exist ever. It did. But because Aslan saw him, everything changed. This is what's happening here. Just Jesus seeing him. Can you imagine in, if you've been locked in shame, if you've been isolated, especially over the last two years, really truly being seen. It's the most worthwhile thing I think we've been given as humanity. Jesus came by. He looked up at Zacchaeus. And so he doesn't just see him. Watch this. He calls him by name. This is awesome too. Not, hey jerk, hey tax collector, hey dog. Zacchaeus. He says, and I love this. This is the New Living Translation, but I trust that in the original, whatever language it is, Greek or Aramaic, it's, that, the, that the, the proof is in the pudding here that he says, and you can get the attitude of Jesus, quick, come down. That's not a stranger. That's not an enemy. It is someone you really want to be with. It's a friend. It's someone you want to go to the bar with. Whatever, don't go to the bar. Maybe you need to, I don't know what it is. You deal with yourselves, but you get like, hey, come on, let's go. Let's go on adventures. Come on. Let's go. Quick, come down. And I can imagine them getting close, Jesus to Zacchaeus, as he comes down. And like best buddies, I'm going to be a guest in your home today. I'm going to be in your house. Zacchaeus probably had a nice house. Zacchaeus, if you can imagine, a guy with wealth has been setting up his home to host people for a long time. But Zacchaeus is the enemy of everyone. And there may be some of you who have felt like that too, like, gosh, I just don't have any real friends. I've been given everything I need, I guess, to host them, but maybe I just need to invite them. I don't know. And there's this stuckness. Can you imagine Jesus breaking through the stuckness and saying, I'm coming to your house. The deal is done. Relief. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down, took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy, of course he was. But the haters, there's always the haters trying to remind us of our shame. Why? Because they're stuck in their shame too. Why are you all smiling? Why are you like happy? What's your problem? Oh, you think you're all that. In great excitement and joy because Jesus has seen him, has called him by name, and said, I'm coming to your house. You're not going to be lonely anymore. Shame is not going to be the definition of your life anymore. Isolation will not be the definition of your life anymore. The people were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of honor of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. That's what grumbling sounds like, by the way. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, can you get this? I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. Jesus didn't talk to him about money. What's happening? I'll tell you a little bit about what's happening. In our isolation and shame, 
Because we don't have a lot of vulnerability in front of people, we often think we need to protect ourselves a lot. Is there any other reason why Zacchaeus would have built up wealth on the backs of the poor? There's nobody to take care of him. But all of a sudden, Jesus sees him, knows his name, says, I'm coming to your house. And what's his response? I'm safe. Lord, guess what? If you know me, that's all that matters. I'm giving half of my wealth to the poor. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I'll give back to them not the amount that I cheated. I'll give back to them four times as much. Don't let money be the central issue here. Money is important, and money, if you look at your budgets, it's going to tell you what's important about your life. But don't let money be the central figure here as Zacchaeus begins to repent, to be transformed. Do you know what it takes to go up to somebody who you've cheated and say, I cheated you? That takes a big man. It means that there's something else girding his life. His life isn't based in loneliness and shame anymore. It's become vulnerable, and so it's being restored. And in that restoration, he's got a new foundation that allows him to go up to the most tenuous situations and go, I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong, and I took something from you that didn't belong to me. And as much as it has to do with me, I'm giving back to you four times as much as I took from you. Jesus responded, again, the thing is not the thing. I mean, money does, it'll show us where our shame is. It really, really will. But he says, salvation, Jesus says, has come to this home today. Why? For this man has shown himself, has become vulnerable to be part of his true identity. He's been restored. He is a true son of Abraham. And watch this. Jesus reminds everybody, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are all put together. No. No. Jesus came to seek and save those who are, say it with me, lost. So we're seeing in the story that the root of shame is the accusation of the enemy. The accusation can come through all kinds of people, and it can feel all kinds of different ways, even before we're able to articulate it. We feel it before we know it exists. Genesis 3.11, Adam and Eve are in the garden, and God comes to them and he says, who told you? I didn't say you weren't enough. I didn't say you were naked. I didn't say you had to put fig leaves on yourself or whatever it was. Who told you you were naked? Who told you you weren't enough? It's a lie. And the more we feel it, the more we isolate. And so what do we need? This hospital called community that the Lord Jesus names for himself through us. Where we get to be active in the same way he was to Zacchaeus. And we see people and we call them by name. If there are financial issues or your shame has been locked up there, I want to remind you of Malachi 3.10. This is just an aside. There's a place where God continues to push us and say, you don't have to keep proving that you're enough. You don't have to build up an enormous amount of whatever you think is going to keep you safe. Malachi 3.10, the Lord says through the prophet, test me. And this is the only place in all of scripture where God says, test me. He says, if you bring all your tithes into the storehouse, I'm going to pour out all my blessings on you. You have no idea what you've been missing out on. I will open up the windows of heaven for you. In shame, we isolate. We try to keep away. We try to prove to ourselves that we can make up all those places where people haven't said that we're enough, where the enemy really at the ground level says you're not enough. 
And God keeps saying, test me. Be vulnerable with your finances to me, and I will pour out my blessings on you. Shame keeps us from financial generosity. It keeps us from true community. It keeps us from a vulnerability that just wipes away all the shame from our lives. The church is this place that's meant to break open that shame, to set people free. There's a psychologist, psychiatrist, his name is Kurt Thompson. He's got wonderful books on shame. This is a quote from one of the podcasts that I was looking at, and he says, one of shame's primary neurobiological functions is creating isolation. I don't tell anybody, and I'm left in my own head, but I can't afford to be left in my own head. If I don't have people coming to find me, no amount of scripture, no amount of prayer, no amount of any of this can substitute for my friends who are literally coming to make sure that I don't end up losing my mind. If this quote doesn't make sense to you, I want you to imagine a place of folks, especially over the last two years, becoming so anxious that they can't get out of bed. I want you to imagine places where folks have lost their job, relationships with their kids have broken up. I tell you what, uh, you parents of adult children, the sense of powerlessness when they do something that you have no idea where they got the guidance for that, that sense of a lack of control that we've all felt, it leads us to shame. Well, I thought I could raise my kids well. What happened? I guess I'm not enough. And all of a sudden, boom, isolation. In community, there's something that's absolutely redemptive. The Holy Spirit uses those reverberations of joy to help remind us that no matter where we're coming from and no matter what we've lost, God can restore us. This is Isaiah 29, 22. That is why the Lord who redeemed Abraham, says to the people of Israel, my people will no longer be ashamed or turn pale with fear. For when they see their many children and all the blessings I've given them, imagine folks coming in from who knows what and all the seeing, all of a sudden they're seeing love from nowhere. Why are these people so loving? Why did somebody say that this was the safe place for prisoners to come to after they got out of jail? Why was this a safe place for me to be honest about the insecurity I have as an immigrant? Why is this the place that I can come knowing that in my alcoholism, people are still going to love me? Why? The Lord makes this kind of place so that when we see all the blessings that God bestows on people and has been, has, they've, he's transformed them, God says they will recognize the holiness of the Holy One of Jacob. They will stand in awe of the God of Israel. Then the wayward, those who've been locked in shame and isolated, will gain understanding. And the complainers who have said, oh, nothing's ever going to change. Why even try anymore? Will accept instruction. This is a place, the work of hospitality. The Holy Spirit uses this place. And I'm, I keep on using the word hospitality, but... Really, behind that is the word family. Holy family. Family that's not based on bloodlines that we have to adhere to and make sure we're making mom and dad proud. Mom and dad have already died for us on the cross. I know that's a theological confusion, but Jesus has died for us so that we become a family not based on proving ourselves. We get to walk into a place where Jesus is already justified and made righteous and does the transformation that we can all be welcomed into. So there are three ways that the Holy Spirit uses this hospitality, this family, to free us from shame and build resi resilience. One is a community of confession. Church is that place where we create as many vulnerable spaces as we can, where everyone can name, hey, me too. I was once like this. I was once broken. 
In fact, I still struggle, but welcome to the party. We're not a place where, where, you know, I don't know where you came from, but this is a church, and so you better be holy. You better straighten up. Every teaching that we have, whether it's interpersonal or from the pulpit, comes with a huge level of vulnerability. Why? Because we are meant not to be holy figures that people must stand up to and look up to, but vulnerable creatures that welcome everyone to the cross that we have gone to first. So a community of confession is one way that the Holy Spirit uses hospitality to free us from shame. Number two, naming our true identity in Jesus. Did you see what happened with Zacchaeus? Let me tell you, one of the most powerful moments is when I get to come to church and someone tells me who I really am in Jesus. Where all the expectations and all the not enoughness from the week is dusted off. Oh, especially in small group. In small group, I get to be super vulnerable. I say, man, I just, I've been, and I don't even know how to name it like this, but what comes out is I've been believing a lie. And in the small group, they go, that's not who you are. You're a son of the king. He died for you. You're amazing in his sight. This is where your foundation is. Don't believe the lies. So others in this place, naming our true identity in Jesus, how the Holy Spirit uses hospitality to free us from shame and build resilience. Last one, invitation. Invitation out of our trees and out of our minds. When was the last time you cold called somebody and said, we're going out to coffee? We're going out to lunch. And for those of you who don't have the money to do that, for you to say, I'm coming over. Or we're going out to lunch and you're paying. (laughs) And you know why, but you need a friend. It's time not to be isolated anymore. When was the last time? When was the last time you called and you said, hey, it's been a long time. These last two years have been hard. How are you? These invitations, they're simple, but if you ever feel opposition to them, the grounding for that opposition isn't Jesus. The grounding for that opposition is shame built on the foundation of Satan saying, you're not enough. Don't call them. You're not enough. Don't call them. They're not enough. That shame just continues to get projected over and over and over again where Jesus is saying, did you not realize That my love was big enough for you and it's big enough for them. Just give them a call. Would you break out of your mind for just a second and stop believing the stories and the meanings that you're telling yourself and get in front of someone? Let Jesus do it. Let Jesus do the work of just saying, how are you? I see you. I know what your name really is. You're not alone. And so on your sheet, There is one step that I'd welcome you in the midst of a ministry time. Destiny's going to come and lead us. There's one step, I believe, that you can take this week in that manner of hospitality. And again, it's not, the thing is not the thing. This is not, well, I guess I have to clean up my house and invite people over. No. It's, It's time to live into a different foundation than you have over the last two years. It's time to live into the fact that in you, is a gift of hospitality that when the Holy Spirit uses it, helps restore people to their true identity. And that's what resilience really is. That's what we're after. I'm so proud of my friend Andrew. He's in the back there, and he does not like being the center of attention. He realized in his own season that it was time for him to do something. And so we're just trying an experiment this afternoon. I just wanted to come alongside of him, but he's leading this thing where 50 sandwiches are going out, and we don't know where. We're going to find some folks isolated on the streets. We're going to make some sandwiches and just go. It's an experiment. We're just going to try. And I think that try is just an act of hospitality. We're just going for it. We don't know what's going to happen. The 
YMCA is doing great work. We get to partner with them on Friday. We don't have to do anything. We just get to show up and serve people in cars. But if I know this church, it's not going to be more than food. It's going to be, hey, can I pray for you? And we're going to make people uncomfortable, which is great. Yeah, if you would like to come and uh, go with Andrew today, we're just figuring things out. Uh, over at 2611 at the Fiesta Building. We're putting those sandwiches together just after the service. You're welcome to come. You're welcome. To... Yeah. Yeah, kids are welcome. some folks risking to hear Jesus this morning, and these are for you, so listen up. Don't be afraid. God hears you. God wants to bless your baby. We don't know what that means, but God wants to bless your baby. We're risking here. Children with serious health problems, family hardship, chronic fatigue, a strained relationship with your mom, make like a child and run to him. So we have prayer teams that are always ready for you in this corner. They're ready to receive you for these things and for any other emotional, physical, or spiritual need you have. As we worship, respond. Respond. See a prayer team. Write a note on your sheet. Let Jesus speak to you about what's next. Let's worship together. Old things have passed away. All things have passed away. Your love has stayed the same. Your constant grace remains the cornerstone. Things that we thought were dead are breathing in life again. You cause your sun to shine on darkest night for all that you've done we will pour out our love this will be our anthem song because jesus we love you oh how we love you you are the have found their hope. The hopeless have found their hope. The orphans now have a home. All that was lost has found its place in you. You lift our weary head. You make us strong. Oh. 
besides the sheet that I hope you keep and hope that becomes a resource for you this week is an invitation to our Easter service and Good Friday service in just a month. Now, why did I give you a month early something that's going to you know, come out later? Because this is the time to begin praying for those that you know need somebody to knock on their door, need to be interrupted, invited out of their shame, brought to a place that's safe where God can deal with their shame and vulnerability and, and bless them. So there's a space there for you to put an address because that's going out to 10,000 people. We have no idea who they are. It's a, it's, they're sending a, a mailer sending them out at the beginning of April. Let that space be the space where you get vulnerable a little bit. And you say, dear neighbor, I don't even know your name, but I I really want you to come with me to Easter because I've been transformed by Jesus and this is a time where we celebrate that. Over the next weeks, we'll have more booklets on who is Jesus and why Easter to equip you for why we're doing this and who this Jesus really can be. If God isn't that kind of God for you that you could trust him for these kind of spaces, I want you to pray with me right now. A simple prayer, Lord Jesus, I am so sorry for the things that I've done wrong in my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I did not say what the words are on the screen. That's fine. Please forgive me and just, and just take a moment and allow God to break apart all that shame for just a moment. freedom and in vulnerability, would you just say, I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus in that safety, in that vulnerability of this kind of prayer that we want to go out today. And so I want to bless you to that in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that you would go out knowing that you have a God that loves you so much, that died for you before you even knew him, that loves you through anything, and is creating space for you. For you and for those around you to be set free from shame identity to be restored in him. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace. Serve with us this afternoon. If you need lunch and want to serve lunch, there's some extra sandwiches for you. And uh, have a great week. Uh -huh.